No, he's doing a piano solo on this great old song from Jerry Lee Lewis. Real nervous, honey, but it sure is fun. Oh, come on, baby. Hey, you're driving me crazy. Goodness gracious, wrecking balls with fire. Yeah. Hey, get it. Ways at 1414 Newcastle Street in historic downtown Brunswick, Georgia is your friendly neighborhood bar and grill where you'll find it all. Good food, good music, good times. I want to go back to tips.
Welcome back to another Something in the Water podcast. I'm your co-host, Uncle Dave Griffin, along with Sean Clark. And we're here with our guest today, uh, Mr. Jerry Gowan, who is a professional musician and music lover as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And an old friend, too. An old friend, <laughs> He's an old friend of mine. We're uh, <laughs> trying to uh, figure out just exactly where, where and when we met. Uh, uh, but uh, we can't do it, so we'll just uh, jump around in all of those other areas. That Jerry is, uh, like we say, he is he's a he's a stellar musician. He's uh, right now currently you're working uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday over at uh, Georgia at the Georgia Sea Grill on St. Simon. St. Simon playing deader music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, background on a, music. On, a, on, a, on the keys on a nice uh, acoustic grand because I'm, yeah. I'm a dyed in the wool piano player. Yep, and uh, I love playing the acoustic piano. Yeah, um, that's just wonderful. That's great, yeah. and you've made a living out of it your entire life. But uh, I want to show uh, Justin throw up that picture of 1959. I think it's the first one where. Uh, it's uh, little Jerry Gowan. Wow! Yeah, they're the uh, the old uprights. I think they came from my grandmother's house. That is great. <clears throat> so you you put some time in on the keys for sure. This one oh, was there. Yeah. Nine, you would have been about nine years right. old yeah. in this picture. And yeah, how old did I know? Was that the Around the time you started? Uh... Yeah, I started lessons when I was eight. Okay. And started band at the same time, too. Uh, I started band. I, I played trumpet for 20 years. Oh, wow. So they, back in those days, they'd start you when you were in the third grade. They wait now, which I think is mm-hmm. bad. It's, yeah, mistake. Yeah. Kids uh, are sponges. Sixth grade before they'll uh, allow you to go into band nowadays. That's great. Looks like you were... Playing an etude in uh, D minor. <laughs> Probably. I think that's a book of exercises actually over there on the far yeah. right. Uh, but no, I was lucky. You know, I had a few really good piano teachers when I started. And I, I wanted to play. And my parents could afford lessons. I was very blessed. And you wanted it. Well, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. I, well, some, gosh, you, you know, some kids, it was like, oh, God. No, hearing know. stuff on the mm-hmm. radio yeah. and hearing the Everly Brothers and yeah. hearing Jerry Lee Lewis yeah. and all of that <laughs> stuff. And, and uh, you know, just fell in love. Mm. It was a good uh, with time, everything. too. It was a good time, late 50s. Oh, yeah. Great time for music. Yeah. Carried on into the 60s, too. And something else strange, well, not strange, but also at that time, Van Cliburn, mm-hmm. the famous classical pianist, about that time, 58-59, won the uh, International Tchaikovsky Convention over in Moscow. Uh-huh. So that was a big deal. They gave him a ticker tape yeah, parade. So, yeah. you know, so I sort of got exposed to a lot of classical stuff because it was in the news yeah. at that time, classical piano. Mm-hmm. And I loved the sound 
of that, Ferrante and Teicher, mm-hmm. the duo pianists, mm-hmm. were out. You know, so sound of a big old grand piano is a wonderful <clears throat> thing. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of uh, music. I was, I was okay. I was born in '53, so I'm three years younger than you, but I still had my ear tuned into the airwaves. You know, and uh, um, Daddy was uh, bought albums, you know. Sure. He had a he had a great album collection, you know. Uh, very uh, varied too, you know. Everything from Hank Senior to Patty Page, Dinah Shore, Guy Lombardo, and right, uh, just a, a a wide variety. But it was the radio, you know, the heyday of radio back in those days, where you had your local personalities and oh yeah. And uh, from the early morning sign on to the uh, late at night sign off, it was just everything packed in there. You know, everything for everybody was in a day's broadcast. You know, yeah. you had your country music, your bluegrass, your gospel, your talk shows, your news, country, uh, country music, then rock and roll or pop music in the afternoon. And then at about, 10 o'clock at night, I think, which I was never up that late, but I think they had what they call race music, mm-hmm. where a lot of stations would play the R&B. Yeah, switch over to things like WLAC. And then it would sign right. off. Uh, the locals down here in Waycross would sign off at around midnight. When, but it was so good, such a good time. But what I was uh, getting at in the late 50s, what I was a big, big fan of was the instrumentals like uh, uh, um, Walk in the Black Forest, uh, Horse oh, yeah, yeah. Jankowski. And, or, yeah, Horse Jankowski. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, Last Date came out somewhere Ford around 59, 60, 61, yeah. which was a monster oh, pop hit. I was uh, every, with that one. Theme from A Summer Place. My yeah. God. Yeah. Theme from Picnic. All of those. All of, it, all exactly. of those. Songs were piano heavy. Yeah, Exodus. You know? Yeah, yeah my gosh, I love those songs. I, I searched the internet, Spotify, every night just to find me a good playlist that I can go to sleep by. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's a, a, a beautiful reminder of my childhood. It's true that you know, in a day's time, you would hear everything. You'd hear Patsy mm-hmm. Cline. You know, you would hear uh, Ernest Tubb. I fall to pieces, but I think was considered pop music then for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, Freddie Cannon. Yeah, yeah. Tallahassee Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Bobby V, Bobby Venton, uh, Connie Francis. All the Bobbies. All yeah. that stuff was going on. And some of it was barred from, you know, uh, Pat Boone recut all the R&B things. Mm-hmm. First time I ever heard Long Tall Sally, I think it was Pat Boone. <laughs> yeah, just wasn't the same, was it? No. no. <laughs> hey, uh, but to hear it, still good. Yeah, it is. Got a great nostalgic feel there. So uh, you kicked off in about 58, learning how to play the piano. And uh, did you, uh, I've often read stories uh, about uh People just starting out in music who wound up, you know, being something. Uh, talking about how they would uh, 
force their piano teacher to let them get into some boogie woogie. Just uh, did you did you ever do anything like that or? Well, uh, yes and no. <laughs> of course, I I I did my lessons. Yeah, you know I've. <clears throat> I was stupid enough to think that the teacher knew what he or she was doing. Mm-hmm. So I listened, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I remember uh teacher taught me, this was Robert Hill, and I think I think Mr. Hill's still alive up around the Columbus area. But he taught me to play Tom Dooley. Then... Which is actually very difficult when you first start. Oh my God, yeah, as a child. But we did that, you know, and he just stuff like that. He knew I was interested in other things. Yeah. Too, you know. And I, you know, would try to pick out things from the radio. And I remember the first time I picked out, what did I say? Oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> Thought I'd die and go to heaven. Uh, all right. So I was always <laughs> listening. I was always reading. Learn how to read. Yeah. You know, playing. Finally graduated into Mozart and early Bach. Did all of that, but at the same time, you know, I was playing a whole lot of shaking and all of that, and I never really considered them to be that different. Mm-hmm. Still piano, and you just mm-hmm. switch gears. Well, you had the fundamentals. Yes, I was very fortunate. You, mm-hmm. That was drilled into you, and I mean, that's where it starts with everything. So yeah, yeah. So I, was, I was, I was that lucky. I've always straddled both sides. I'm a street player, but also I've been trained mm-hmm. pretty well, which has served me mm-hmm. well over the years for for what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, you couldn't escape it. That's for sure. I mean. Uh, uh, like we was talking about that, that the music was everywhere. It was coming at us. Oh yeah. They had the, uh, shows down at the Gator Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the Dick Clark cavalcade of stars mm-hmm. had the big ape club convention. <laughs> Pardon me. W-A-P-E. W-A-P-E was Jacksonville, the, right? six, the big 690 in right. Jacksonville, Florida. And yeah. I saw Ooh. when I was, Nine, ten, or eleven years old, I saw Jerry Lee Lewis oh, play live. Gosh. Where was that? Um, saw him at the Gator Bowl, and probably saw him at the Coliseum. Yeah, I, I saw him twice. Um, and was that a major <clears throat> influence? Bill Anderson, who had Still, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and uh, I saw Roy Orbison. I saw the Beach Boys, Bobby V, Connie Francis. Uh, we had, there were several uh, mothers that yeah. would take three or four of us kids. Yeah, from Folkestone. Yeah, from Folkestone. We'd go down to Jacksonville and they'd sit with us and we'd hear all of, you know, these yeah. great acts. So you would you would have still been young. Yeah, at, I was, at, you know, you certainly were, nine, ten. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You were really getting yeah, it. Yeah, I was just lucky. At a good I, age. Came along at that time. Oh man, and and had people looking after us. Yeah, 
to do that. And uh, I don't think we mentioned that from the outset, uh, is that you were from Folkestone, Georgia, uh, which is about 30, 35 miles uh, southeast of, of Waycross, headed in a direction towards, straight toward Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, so Jacksonville uh, was not a great distance for you and no, as, as it was for us. You know, mm-hmm. we'd make weekend trips down there all the time, you know, uh, to concerts at the Coliseum and so forth. But that's, in, my, in my day, too. Yeah. Yeah. We, and uh, that's great that uh, we all had that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a big, uh, big, uh, always a, a buzz going on in Jacksonville down there musically. And uh, we were able to, uh, at least we were exposed to a lot of it. Yeah, they had so. everything coming mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I even saw, uh, went, they took us down to see the Globetrotters. The, the basketball Globetrotters. team. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and Cab Calloway oh, cool. was traveling with them. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know, Heidi, 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 and all of that stuff. It was just. Was he the musical entertainment? Yeah, I just blundered into it, you know. <laughs> they got the spotlight on him. He's got this, his white outfit. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, just blundered. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to see Cab Calloway and the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. at the same time. I mean, yeah. that's that's uh, some uh, ambidexterity going on right there. Right. Got to see James Arness, too, Gunsmoke. Did you? Marshall Dillon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Took us to a rodeo, and he was part of that. Oh, my God. Marshall? Marshall Dillon. I saw uh, Hoss Cartwright when I was very young. Mm-hmm. At a uh, March of Dimes thing in Albany, Georgia. Right. We were, you know, Daddy was stationed over there. We collected dimes and big old tall Tupperware cup with the lid on it. Hmm. And we carried that thing down there, holding on to it like it was Holy Grail. And then waited in line. And Dan Blocker, Hoss Cartwright, was sitting at a little old. Little old spindly table out there on the sidewalk in front of the uh, Albany Theater, and inside they had this big old, you know, packed full of kids and a uh, big old stage show going on. It was uh, like a telethon, right? I think March of Dimes telethon, and uh, so they had these celebrities in in inside performing on the stage and. Old Hoss was taking up the dimes outside. I remember, I remember staring at him because I was <laughs> I was a little old Joker. This was probably about sixty or sixty one, and I was waiting in line about two away from him. I kept looking at that gun. Right, <laughs> that gun was massive, <laughs> as was his hand. I yeah. bet he was a big his, guy. I mean, he he looked down at me with them missing teeth. <laughs> Well, how you doing there, little feller? <laughs> and uh, that hand, hand I, I reached out my little hand there, and it, it was like slipping my hand inside a huge ham. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> big old, big old ham. That was. That was at your school? No, that was in the streets of Albany. Huh. 
uh, downtown Albany. Yeah, I had to tell my cowboy story too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see any cowboys? All we got was Enos from the Dukes of Hazard from World Trust. Anoki Pinoki Joe. Was that Sonny? Sonny Schroyer. Schroyer, yeah. Yeah. Well, cowboys was big in our day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Woo, oh, boy, yeah. we had the we had ever we had from uh, TV to movies, comic books. Roy Rogers. Lunch boxes. Uh, lunch boxes, yes, sir. And I guess it took the Beatles to uproot them cowboys from. Right. <laughs> Speaking of the Beatles, were they an inspiration to you? I mean, how how did you feel yeah, about them? Uh, you would have been around. Oh yeah, 14, huge. Uh, Thirteen huge. or fourteen when they hit. Yeah, because we would get together. Excuse me. With um, some of my friends that played. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a drummer and bass player, you know, learning to do all that kinds of stuff. And, um, so, you know, we were doing like Ray Charles mm-hmm. and things like that. Whatever was on the radio. Um, and then all of a sudden the Beatles started hitting I was watching the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite one night, mm-hmm. and he said the latest rage in England, and they had some footage, you know, mm-hmm. of the Beatles. And about that time, then, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand or She Loves You, one of those started getting on the airwaves. I think it was I Want to Hold Your Hand was their first yeah. number one. Yeah, it sounded like a little bit like the Everly Brothers. Uh-huh. With, you know, with that same type harmony. Yeah. Of course, we stayed, of course, had been listening to Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that whole thing. I was at the impressionable age. Mm-hmm. And I uh, always loved guitars. You know, these guys were doing things and doing all those covers and then started mm-hmm. doing those great originals. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they always say that uh, at that uh, February 9th, 1964, when they came on Ed Sullivan the very next day, uh, Music sales, store sales went up because everybody was in there uh, buying guitars, drums. Right. Mainly guitars and drums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a great thing. And then, you know, then along with the Beatles, uh, the Stones, yeah. mm-hmm. the Animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, after I started playing... Uh, with my cousin in Jacksonville, well, you know, we do a lot of animals because you had House of the Rising Sun. You were in a group with your cousin? Yeah, my cousin, Carrie Page, uh, okay. my first cousin, lived in Jacksonville. Okay. And when he was younger, he got an electric guitar and would imitate Elvis and, yeah. <laughs> and all of that. And Carrie was an excellent uh Electric rhythm guitarist and lead guitarist. We only had one guitar player. Had a bass uh-huh. player and then me playing organ uh-huh. and a drummer. So Carrie, and I, I learned so much from him in terms of guitar playing, how to be the one guitar player in a band. Yeah. Uh, so I started going down and playing with those guys. Was, We'd play at the uh, team centers. 
yeah. in Jacksonville. The city of Jacksonville actually big, had clubs. Big scene down there. For yeah, teenagers. doing all of that. Is that the Jokers? Let's see. Uh, uh, yes. Look that's, at that. That's down in Fernandina Beach. I think at the Woman's Club. At the Woman's Club, yeah. That would have been the old Woman's Club yeah, stage. Yeah, and you sure see is. Carrie on the far right over there, complete with the George Harrison Epiphone Casino with the oh, with wow. the, with the uh, Bixby. Oh, uh, next to you on the... Yeah. That's Carrie. Doing, yeah, we had our plaid vests and <laughs> got my Farfisa uh, combo yeah. compact organ. Heck and yeah. uh, our basement amplifiers turned up on edge. <laughs> and that's uh, Johnny Tuttle playing drums. Uh-huh. And D.L. Flowers playing uh, rhythm guitar and was our lead singer. Yeah. And Mike Green. Mike Green playing bass. Had an echo bass, which was sort of a... So um, all of those guys were from yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, Hoffner copy. Uh-huh. Okay. And we ran around on weekends. The probably should not have been left to our own devices. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was great experience. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just... Uh, That's a nice-looking band. Yeah, so we do, you know, we did uh, My Girl and... Uh, things uh, like that. That's in Nashville. Yeah, I remember reading the caption on this was uh, y'all were at, uh, um, uh, what was the name of that? That was the original Bradley's Barn. Bradley's Barn. Out in Mount Juliet. And this was the Jokers. Yeah, actually it was. Uh, Were y'all doing original material? Or was it just like, how did you get to Nashville? uh, Interesting story. The guy that was in that photograph is Doug Williams, the late Doug Williams. Yeah. Doug was a high school teacher in Jacksonville, and my cousin Carrie uh, went to Rebalt High School. Rebalt, yeah. Doug was an English teacher there. Doug also, his sister was Francis Williams Preston who later became head of ASCAP or BMI. BMI. Yeah. Okay. So we did a talent show Wow. there at Rebalt. And uh, Doug got Francis to come down and judge yeah. the talent contest. <laughs> so we got to meet her. We didn't win the talent contest, yeah. by the way. And we did tell it like it is. Oh. I remember. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we met Francis, and you know, and I was all about Nashville in those days. Yeah, too. I already knew uh-huh. I kind of wanted, you know, to head up yeah. that way at some point. One of my dreams. Right. So that Christmas, uh, Doug said, "Hey, you guys want to go up and spend a few days in Nashville?" So we've got a. My family has a house out on the lake, out on Old Hickory. Yeah. And he said, we'll just go up and we'll go to out see Jerry Bradley at Bradley's Barn. <laughs> and we'll do some, we'll make some demos. All right. <laughs> so we loaded up on the train in Jacksonville. Hmm. And then took the train all the way up 
instruments and all? Or yeah, oh, I remember wow. putting the organ up overhead. Yeah, about three of us. Oh my gosh! Oof. And we went, and uh, Francis's husband, E.J. Preston, owned the Lincoln Mercury dealership. So they met us in a Lincoln and <laughs> took us out to uh, their house out on Old Hickory. Mm-hmm. We stayed out there, and uh, then we came back into town and went down on Broadway. I remember seeing the Showbud store, mm-hmm. Shot Jackson's. Yeah place uh we went to the ryman francis called the ryman and bud wendell who at that time was manager of the ryman met us at the stage door and let us in Mm -hmm. and the stage was set up for the johnny cash tv show oh Oh, my gosh nobody was there you know but they had all the cameras out and yeah and uh, he gave us (laughs) he gave us the tour of the ryman and uh took us down to tree publishing mm-hmm. and little jimmy dickens was there yeah mm. and uh, i had mentioned something about uh liking the wilburn brothers yeah uh doyle and teddy mm-hmm. like their records so we're down there at tree and uh the wilburn brothers bus rolls up <laughs> wow <laughs> And Doyle gets off and says, "Hey, I understand somebody here wants to wants to see us." <laughs> so I got to meet Doyle and shoot the breeze with him. And, oh, oh man, that yeah, was great! And That's awesome. took us over to RCA. Francis called and said, "Well, Chet's not in right now, but uh, oh, man. Chet Atkins, yeah, yeah. but so it might have been Tom Pick. I'm not sure, but one of the engineers showed us around." The new RCA Studio A. Yeah. And we also went to Studio B. Yeah. That's and, uh, and it the was one still, where it was still decorated. Elvis recorded, right? Yeah, it was still decorated uh, for Christmas, but they decorated it back. This was around Christmas time. Yeah. But they decorated it back in July when Elvis did his Christmas records. Mm. And they said, well... Elvis is Christmas to us. <laughs> That's right. And we also got to go to the uh, Columbia Studios. They just built the new Columbia Studio uh, adjacent to the Quonset Hut. And got a tour of that. With the, explained to us that the floor was floating uh, and the walls were floating so as not to pick up vibrations. Wow. All that brand new state of the art. Uh-huh. And they had an ebony Hammond B3 with two Ebony Leslie's. Oh, um, my. I, I about passed out. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you were. So for a 16-and-a-half-year-old kid, <laughs> and we got to go to the Bobby Lord TV taping yeah. out at WSM-TV. I, I can't remember him. Well, he had a, like the other things, you know, from Nashville, like the Porter, Porter Wagner uh-huh. show. And Kitty Wells was on that day. Oh, Got to meet Kitty Wells. Neat. And uh, and saw the band guys, you know, and got to see the TV taping. And I've, I've just always loved that stuff, mm-hmm. TV production. So that was a, it was a great trip. And we went to Bradley's Barn. Jerry Bradley was the engineer. And I don't remember what we recorded. Out mm-hmm. there, I have no idea. The tapes were lost. Oh, but man. it was uh, it was a great experience. 
And it probably set you up perfectly for her. Well, it, 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 it really got inside you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, to, uh, to be exposed to that, I was very yeah. fortunate. Because it would become your life later on. But before we get there, you were still in high school. And this is one that I noticed in your pictures. This guy right here, a Theron, is that his name? Yeah. Or Theron? Theron. Theron Aldridge. Aldridge. Better known as Zero. Zero, Zero. is his nickname. <laughs> what a talented guy. And that's also uh, Jerry Robertson who's playing the uh, accordion. Accordion. So which one is uh, Zero? Theron's uh, on left. the far left, yeah, okay. with the harmonica. And that's me with the uh, Gretsch. Oh, wow. <laughs> and y'all were the St. George Skeeter Stompers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And uh, my good friend Ed Barr, who's not in the picture, but he... From Valdosta State. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was our band director. In Folkestone, yes. Charlton County? Yes. And also Ed sub for me this last Friday at the Georgia Sea Grill. He did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've been friends all these years. What yeah. a... What a great thing. And Jerry Robertson. Yeah, there we go. Jerry's on the far right uh -huh. there. Uh, he's been a mainstay of... Uh, now, you said Jerry is now in Statesboro. Statesboro, yeah. Uh, and has had uh, Jerry Robertson pianos for a long time. He was in business, sold pianos. Uh -huh. Has been tuning for ages. And has had uh, just... A lot of bands. Jerry's so naturally talented. Yeah. And just a great, great businessman. <clears throat> and Theron is so wonderfully talented, too. He didn't uh, make a living in music, but uh, just a brilliant harmonica player. Really? Plays good piano. So we uh, we hung around in high school, and we'd sing three-part harmony. and Cool. Just It, it just enjoyed music mm -hmm. so much. And so we had a little act. Mm-hmm. That we would go around. I like this. Uh, billed as the St. George Skeeter Stompers stole the show Friday night with the almost professional That's, performance. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I told, uh, told Micah, Micah Bond the other night, I looked at her and I said, we're almost professional. Almost professional. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what great days. And, and uh, I still great. stay in touch with these guys. And and have my whole life. Just what a what a blessing. So Theron uh, Theron's still still kicking. Everybody's still, kicking. still alive. He lives in Statesboro now. He lives in Statesboro too. Yeah, I'm a dog. Uh, so just just. Well, this was a picture, and I'm sure this was probably in the Charlton County Herald. Yes. Uh, go to that next picture of the rooftop. This is one. Now this is wow. one that that uh, captured my attention when I was a youngster. This is probably about 68 or 69. Right. And uh, you had uh, already graduated from high school in right. 68 and came back for uh, the holiday break. Yes. In in uh, 68. And uh, this was Christmas right. time, 1968, when uh, a bunch of the high school uh, – um, brass players, mainly trombones. 
Yeah, trumpets. A, few, a few trumpets. And a French horn over mm-hmm. there on the right. And there's Hal White way down <laughs> on the far right. And I just, it was just the coolest picture for me yeah. in, in 1968. I would have been a freshman in high school. Yeah. And I'm sure that our, our local paper, the Waycross Journal Herald, probably picked this up. They may have. And ran a copy of it because this thing has, has been in my head for all these years. I never forget Which you. One? I'm fourth from the left. Okay. Two, three, four. Shirt tail Trumpet, out. yeah. And that's Jerry Robertson standing mm-hmm. next to me with a baritone horn mm-hmm. and sideburns. Plaid pants. That was on top mm-hmm. of the Rich Cliff Restaurant in Folkestone, right there at the intersection, right. traffic light. I think what the Okefenokee Restaurant to, is there. Now. And this day, uh, that building is still standing. It's called the Okefenokee Restaurant now. And also, uh, one, two, three, four from the right, that's zero. Zero. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, hiding behind the, sh- uh-huh. the music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of other friends that are still with yeah. us. Some have passed on, but uh, and our the band director Artie Middleton, uh-huh. who's second from the second uh, from right. Yeah, uh, actually, Artie just as an aside went on to have a great professional career. He as a trombonist, he played. Uh, he was principal trombone of the Jacksonville Symphony. Oh my went goodness. to Europe, was principal trombone for the Music Philharmonic. And then was co-principal with the Vienna Philharmonic, and then taught for a while and wow. quit. And he was uh, Charlton County's band director. Yeah, he was there the year after I left. Uh-huh. I never. You had don't him. recall where he was from, do you? Originally, uh, Statesboro. Statesboro. Okay. Yes. So I played in a band with Eddie Middleton. Right. From 75 through 78. But he his folks were uh, from Albany. Yes, I, I knew Eddie. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I did some recording for him over at Valdosta. Great man. Yeah. A great entertainer. I learned so much from 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 watching and listening yeah, he was to him. A, a good guy. And, uh, he sadly, passed, sadly, yeah. he passed away. 2021. Uh he had a lot of health issues uh, already, but I think it was uh, some pneumonia or something that got a hold of him and just uh, 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 we miss him. Yeah. There's another picture of, of Zero. Uh, looked like he's doing what he loved a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the, that's. At Widow's Lake. Yeah. Now, don't ask me where the heck Widow's Lake is. I don't know. Yeah. It's somewhere in Charlton County. And I took that. You snapped that. Yeah. And uh, it's a good picture. Yeah, it so is. We, we were great friends. And that was taken after I got out of college, actually. After I escaped. So how uh, this this is another of your interests, photography. And this is probably some of, I don't know. When did you start uh, with photography? When, when I was a it, kid. Really? I mean, you know, seven, eight years old. So you've been uh, really professionally attracted to photography for a long, long time. Well, I, I, not. it's only been the last 10 years, I'd say, I was professionally. Oh, okay. But I've well, always. Well, that's a great-looking shot. Thanks. Right I, I've always taken photos, though. Yeah. I, I love media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love video stills, 
love to go to a movie theater and see 35 millimeter film. Mm. Don't give a rip about digital. Yeah. About, you know, but uh, love the movie experience. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've just always, you know, had a brownie hawk eye or something. Uh, had a Polaroid for a while. You know, took tons of Polaroid shots yeah. and then moved into 35 millimeter. And cool. now I'm into digital. That was actually taken with my iPhone. Wow. Over on. That's impressive, uh, boy. Is that Driftwood Beach? That's absolutely mm-hmm. it, yeah. Jekyll Island. And one of those rare mornings that I got up. <laughs> few it was a good one to do it. it. But I, I love <laughs> photography. That's what I what I liked about television so much, about doing television and being around it. It was a nice blend of mm-hmm. playing live, and the, but also mm-hmm. being recorded. That's pretty. Yeah, that's beside the road on yeah. the Jekyll Island Causeway. I bought an old <laughs> lens and uh, put it on my new camera. And the lens is from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Ah, Flower power. Yeah, it gives mm-hmm. a certain, you know. Heck yeah. And, uh, photographed a lot of ospreys in flight. Mm-hmm. Enjoy doing that. I love photographing birds. Those uh, nests that they have right there on huge pylons or something. Yeah, that was on a pole. On Just kind of depends. Yeah. You know, they've. I think they'd really like to build them in trees, but yeah. uh, there are a lot of uh, platforms, and that one's on Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent many, many, many days out there. People say, oh, well, how do you get a shot like that? I said, you stand out there and you get that bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> for hours and hours. And you wait. Yeah, and that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've always just loved that stuff. Just love it. You were talking about TV, loving to do TV. Um, what what did you do with TV? Tell us about that. Well, uh, after I'd been in Nashville for a... Uh, I don't know how far we're jumping ahead, but... We're jumping. That's okay. <laughs> yes, that's, we, we ain't on any kind of uh, yeah, uh, timeline. So... Uh, I started working at uh, the theme park, Opryland, USA. Oh, yeah. Working there as a musician? Yeah. Yeah, I was band leader of the uh, Country Music USA show. Wow. Which was uh, the big country review show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very fortunate. Uh, So uh, we were doing that. And then, you know, crews would come in occasionally, you know, and tape us doing the show. We'd have people coming in from Germany and places like that Uh would do that. And um, the Nashville Network came into being about that time, TNN. TNN, that's right, sure did. Which was owned by the same company uh, that uh, owned the theme park. And uh, so they started... uh, decided they want to use some Opryland talent, and they started developing a show called Opryland on Stage, where they would showcase the uh, talent from the theme park. So we, mm-hmm. had some, <laughs> we had some crazy, great singers mm-hmm. out there, and dancers too, and musicians. <clears throat> you know, just uh, what a huge talent pool. Huge. That's... 
some those are some shots. We'll we'll talk about those uh, later. Um, so they started doing TV production, and I got to play in some of the, you know, the the orchestras or, or bands that they would hire for the TV shows, and we would do that and back up whatever and uh, whatever type of music we were doing that day, mm-hmm. and uh, did show tunes. Our uh, music director was Lloyd Wells, uh, who's a wonderful guitarist and a brilliant arranger and musician, and he and I are still in touch yeah. uh, to this day. In fact, I got a text from him last night. Been a wonderful mentor to me and friend, and he's he plays seven-string guitar. Seven-string yeah. guitar. But anyway, Lloyd was the uh, band leader, and a ranger for all of that stuff. So I'd get hired sometimes to, to do that. And we'd be doing Broadway or country or whatever. Yeah. And uh, just love, we'd do that. Started out at Channel 8 uh, mm-hmm. in Nashville in their <coughs> studios. So we did that. And then that, uh, over, after a year or two, that morphed into Porter Wagoner at Opryland, where we were doing straight country for the most part. I think I got a clip of that. That were you able to? That clip was in the uh, body of the email. Uh, right there. So you worked on the Porter Wagner show. Yeah, it was Porter Wagner at Opryland, wow. and uh, it was such. It was so great to work with Porter because he seemed like this, you know, this old country guy from. West Plains, Missouri, which he was, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he was so shrewd. He was the consummate entertainer and professional. When he did uh, television, he knew where the camera was all the time. He knew how to keep things flowing. Is this you That's the playing on the theme? The uh, actually, Network I did play. Porter <laughs> at Opryland. And there's Scottish boys. Share the fun. And so this is the opening. Finest young that was his band with your host, time. Grand Ole Opry star Porter Wagoner. Here's no a guy that I've really is. looked forward to having on the show a long time. I'll promise you, today at Opryland, he's had as much fun as anybody in the park. We're delighted he came by to say hello to us. Make welcome from Hee Haw, George Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Come on out here. Goober. Goober Powell. I put this up right after George passed away. And, uh, yeah, George came over and shot the breeze. No, no, you're all right here. They won't come over here. Uh, He's a great guy. I knew that if I stayed in the park long enough, I'd find That's good. I just wanted to show a little (laughs) bit of that. That's that's, that's pretty cool, but you you got the fantastic. I mean, you know. And being Porter's band. Yeah. And awesome. uh, Porter was good about featuring me, too. You know, he said some very kind things. Yeah. Publicly. Right. Great. Which I appreciated. Great. And yeah. uh, he and I were getting dressed one day in one of the little Winnebago's. Yeah. We were on set out at Opryland at one of the theaters. Yeah. And we were talking. And I said, Porter, I said, when I was growing up, I said, when I was in high school, I said, I used to watch your show on Saturday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And I said, my daddy came in one day and he said, Jerry, 
he said, now you've been studying classical piano and all this stuff. He said, you like all of that. And he said, what do you see in the Porter Wagoner show? <laughs> and I said, Danny, I, I said, it's all the same to me. I said, I, and, and of course, my, my father really loved it too. Yeah. But he was trying to figure out the dichotomy. I said, there, yeah. there isn't one. Yeah. You know, I said, it's same old stuff, just wrapped in a different. It's music. Yeah. 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 So I, I was, uh, I was sorry my father never got to see any of that. Oh. And, uh, but I was happy that I got to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell Porter. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's very awesome. nice. Uh, the Opryland <laughs> complex was probably the greatest talent pool in the world at that time. When you consider the Grand Ole Opry, Opryland USA, and the Nashville Network, all right there in one place. We had everything from the best state-of-the-art TV production and the most talented people. I was very fortunate to be part of that. Wow. How did you get that job? I mean, did you just you, – we talked earlier about your your uh, dream of Nashville. You always had a dream of Nashville. Well, I couldn't figure out how to get there. You couldn't? No. Okay. <laughs> no, because, you know – I'm from Folkestone. Yeah. Who else? Who was going to tell me? That's who, right. True. Who, who had been? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nobody from this neck of the well, woods, really. No. So uh, I, um, I worked with Wendell Dixon from here in Waycross. Oh my goodness! What you a know, connection. And, and wow. when I, I met Wendell when I started playing for the Spartans Quartet after I'd graduated from college. Graduated from Stetson down in DeLand. Um, so I came back to this area. I planned to go to graduate school immediately, but that didn't work out. So uh, I was living in Folkestone and started, because Theron, Zero, started playing bass with the gospel quartet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, hey, uh, Eddie Boland was playing piano. Okay. So they didn't need a piano player but they did need a guitar player. So, uh, Did you I, know how to play guitar? I did. I'd been dabbling. I mean, well, yeah, you had. To. I'd been dabbling a little bit. And my friend Lige Moore loaned me his... his, uh, his Another fi- connection. <laughs> his, 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 I think it's a 58 Strat. He loaned me his 58 Strat. Wow. And Wendell gave me one or two of his amplifiers, you know, to, to play, so I started playing uh, with the Spartans, and so I'd come up and visit Wendell. You know, sometimes we'd have rehearsal up here, and then later on, while we were still doing all of that, I started teaching. Yeah, there we are in South Carolina, <laughs> and that's that's Wendell's uh, Gretsch, Tennessean, and that's Wendell, of course, playing yeah. steel. Yeah, and, he's playing a show. And there's bud. old Zero Aldridge in the back playing bass. This yes. is so cool. I don't know. Uh, I have to stop just for a minute to mention this connection here. Wendell Dixon, the steel guitar player, is the fellow who bought Graham Parsons' house. I spent many nights there, oblivious to that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and cut it in half, cut it yeah. into two sections, picked it up out of the ground, and moved it to its current location on the Brunswick Highway. 
that's the man that that's did right. it. Absolutely. <laughs> and he lived in Graham's house yeah. from from there forward. I spent many and, nights there. Uh, how about that? That's cool. And that's Wendell's Echoplex sitting on top of the amp there that he'd let me borrow. And mm-hmm. He had a, a deluxe reverb and had extended the cabinet and put a 15. Had an Altec oh, wow. Lansing 15 <laughs> in it. Uh, so Wendell was just so great to me, and and uh, I wouldn't be sitting here today were it not for him. You know, he was just so good to me, and and I came up and started teaching in one of his rental houses yeah. on his property there, and which I, was I there behind piano. the house. Yeah, yeah, it was a little greenhouse. Yeah, uh, and I taught piano there until nineteen seventy nine or eighty. Wow, that may have been where we met. Could have been because I was right in, I was in there. and out of Waycross two or three days a week. Yeah, I lived between Folkestone and here. Yeah, and you were playing in a few. Uh, well, the Spartans would have been around seventy three. Yes, seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, and then around Thanksgiving of seventy five, I played with started playing with Roger Douglas and the Southern Keys. Yeah. And we were playing at the Century Club in Douglas, Georgia. Okay. We got a picture. Well, there's Roger right yeah, there. Yeah, that's at a car dealership down in uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. We played everything. <laughs> played rodeos. I played one gig with Roger Roger yeah. and William Fales. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Roger, again, was so good to me, like Wendell. And uh, just with such great training, I got to play second guitar to him and got to play some lead and of course had played piano yeah. at the Wurlitzer and you know we played all different kinds of stuff went through disco and you know mm-hmm. country music and, mm-hmm. and um, Robert Palmer oh yeah and Leonard Skinner and just the whole shooting match so there's another pic of you at the Century Club in Douglas where was that at uh so I've got a beard and long hair and was uh that's it, yeah. Was uh, the Century Club uh, a... Uh, it was huge. Open to the public, I guess. It was yeah. somewhere outside of Douglas. Yeah. And it was just a big metal building. Yeah. And it had 55-gallon barrel uh, drums in there for trash cans. Mm-hmm. And people would take the beer bottles and smash them down. <laughs> Sounded like gunshots. Is that a Wurlitzer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a Wurlitzer. And that's Max Sermons yeah. Uh, yeah. playing bass. And Who's... David, David uh, Buchanan's playing. Buchanan? On pretty drums? sure, yeah. How about that? Playing drums. Uh, so we, we played out there for a while in 70, yeah. 75, 76. Yeah. And then played around all around South Georgia uh, and North Florida. Yeah. Until 70, until 80, until I went moved to Nashville. There you are. That's at, at the Elks Club. At the Waycross. Elks Club in, yeah. in Waycross. That's the big room, isn't it? That's not the red room, is it? Uh, this was actually on a side room there. I don't think it was the main. I think that was the red room then. Okay. I guess they called it the red room. Or and that's the, my '63 Strat uh, Telecaster. What is the um, pedal on top? Or uh, that's uh, I don't know if you call it a pedal, but module. Yeah, some Mutron oh. phase shifter. <laughs> oh. Mutron phase yeah. shifter. 
Sure enough, and that's a rolling space echo for the PA system <laughs> over there. And uh, I sold that guitar to uh, my friend Eric Silver in Nashville. Uh -huh. The space echo, does that got the tape in the top? Yeah, great, yeah. great unit. Reverb and yeah. echo, fantastic for PA. Were you doing a solo gig there? No, I was part You're of the band. Part that's of just, a band? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim, I can't think of Jim's name. The the professional photographer in Blackshear came out. We hired oh, him to come out and do okay. uh, a bunch of uh, shots of us. I can't remember Jim's I, last I name. I can't remember either. Started with a W. I was, I was going to say Stafford that. or something like that. No. But he came out and uh, took some band shots of us, yeah. individual shots uh, so yeah so all of this was prior to the the move to nashville yeah, so uh, so i was trying to figure out how to get to nashville mm -hmm. and roger and i would actually go up to nashville in like 77 78 yeah 79 and we'd go up and go to the nashville palace we went to uh, we knew when tv tapings were so we went up, and uh, uh, I met Emmy Lou Harris for the first time. Wow! At a TV mm. taping of Pop Goes the Country. Yeah, we were in the audience. You know, she was in the audience. No, oh, Roger and I were in the audience, and she was on the show. Oh, okay. And she she brought tracks with her and did Wayfair and Stranger. And I think even cowgirls get the blues. Yeah, sometimes. Um. But anyway, I got to talk to her afterwards. And mm. What a thrill. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, that was. And so, you know, we'd go up and Don Williams would be on or mm -hmm. somebody. So we'd make those rounds, go out to the Nashville Palace where uh, uh, they had the house band out there. Cliff Parker uh, played lead guitar. Um, Tommy, what's it, Tommy Jackson can't think of Tommy's last name, the fiddle player, but he, he played on Hee Haw. Mm -hmm. And they had a band. And so finally, uh, at some point, I got to sit in with them and play a bunch of country songs. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized that I could hang. I could hang. Yeah. But until that point. So I'm. I, what was their reaction to you? Was oh, like, they just, it was like. Well, they just accepted me like anybody else. Like, okay, he belongs here. And, I mean, no reaction yeah, is a yeah, good thing. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I played a solo and Tommy looked over and said, play another. So, <laughs> so I realized I met Dale Sellers, uh, the great guitarist, uh, session guitarist, one of my favorite electric players. Yeah. He used to, you know, sub out there. Yeah. So you'd run into people, and occasionally people would be out there in the audience. They'd get up and sing, you know, people that were well-known. Uh -huh. So, you know, just getting into all of that stuff. So Roger was good. We'd go up and spend several days, go to the music stores, mm. just do all of that, kind of getting used to it. Did some mixing up there. We did some recording down at the warehouse in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. And then took the master tape up, uh, to I think old Hickory Studios, uh, and had some stuff remixed, and also quickly uh, since '74, I think 
Jerry Robertson and I went to Nashville, mm-hmm. a fellow from Statesboro named Sam Durrance was getting a little bit of traction as mm-hmm. a recording artist. And uh, he invited us to come up to the session. Mm-hmm. And the session was out at Creative Workshop in Berry Hill in Nashville. So uh, Jerry and I show up, and uh, Reggie Young, the great guitarist playing lead guitar, and Joe Osborne, who had cut all of the Carpenters records, oh, and oh, Up, yeah. Up, and Away, and Bridge Over Troubled Water, uh, that wow. had played bass on all of that stuff. He, I was fixed to say. He had just moved player. to Nashville hmm. and got to meet him and stare at that bass. <laughs> <laughs> Some and, magic in that. Yeah, thing. <laughs> Kenny Malone played drums, who unfortunately just passed away. That's right. Yeah, uh, and you know, and yeah. Buzz Kaysen, who I think owned the studio, was singing background. Don Gant, uh, who I think Don was a songwriter too. Uh, but Buzz wrote yeah. what Everlasting Love, I think. And uh, the, you know, just around all those heavy hitters, Ron yeah. Oates was the session leader. And piano player. Yeah. So got to meet those guys and hang out. And uh, I was sort of washed in the blood. Yeah. uh, By that time. Did it feel like an achievement to you? I mean. Yeah. And, you know, Wendell was talking to me. He said, you know, they've got a theme park up there in Nashville Mm -hmm. now. Wendell's sister lived in Clarksville, Tennessee. She was married to George Fisher, who was the head basketball coach at Austin P University. Hmm. Okay. So they knew all about. He said, you ought to go out there and check that out sometimes. So Roger <laughs> and I did go up, and we yeah. we went to Opryland once or twice to check everything out. And I got to talk to some of the musicians <clears throat> and all of that. And... Uh, then on a, well, Dennis Caney and I, the wonderful drummer and artist who's from Statesboro, who now lives in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think it was in 79. I decided that I was ready to move in the summertime of 79. So I put a few things in my station wagon. Dennis and I went up and looked around. And uh, it just didn't feel right to me. Mm. So I tucked my tail between my legs and came back uh, to Folkestone. And mm-hmm. I was also teaching classical guitar and piano out at Waycross College at that time. Oh. Uh, so I taught out there one more year, came back, taught piano again, played with Roger. Yeah. And um, in January of 1980, they, they had auditions. Uh, the audition team actually from Opryland would go around the, the United States but looking, I went to the one in Nashville. Looking for talent? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Or yeah. auditioning. Yeah, so uh, Roger went with me. We went up in January of 1980. And uh, cold. cold <laughs> yeah. Put us on a tram. <laughs> took us over to uh, the Roy Acuff Theater. Wow. And uh, I walked in. And... Roy Acuff is walking up and down the aisles. <laughs> well, it's his theater. Right? I know, crazy. <laughs> uh, 
And, you know, they had the audition panel up on stage. Of course, people were out, dancers were out in the lobby stretching, and <laughs> everybody had their guitars out singing. And, yeah. You know, so uh, I waited my turn and played a few things. And, and uh, then Lloyd Wells, who I was talking about earlier, had me sight read a bunch of things mm. until I got hopelessly bogged down. Mm. And something else that, that happened, I think, really helped. Terry Pender's sister, I can't think of her name, was it Sharon? Anyway. I think that's his wife's name. Sharon. Okay, well, this was his sister. Yeah. And okay. uh, we skipped over my college stuff. We'll get to that. Yeah. But she had also gone to Stetson, where I graduated from. And I ran into her. She, had, she was there to audition. Too that day, and I I said Susan, maybe that's what. Yeah. I said, she. I said, what are you singing? She said, I'm going to sing. I could have danced all night. I said, do you mind if I play for you? She said, no, I'd be fine. So I also went. What would she have done? She had not. She would have had a tape or something. She would have had the staff accompany. Oh, the staff. Who was a brilliant guy, Stan Tucker, who's yeah. You know, he goes around the world now conducting Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. But well, he was a great pianist, could sight read anything. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I did it just so they could see me again, see me actually do go. something rather than. Right. Because I was 30 at that. I was 30 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that helped. And yeah. uh, I, I got a call uh, the following <clears throat> May, I believe, early in May or late in April. I'd given up. I didn't hear anything from them. Right, that's five months. Yeah, and I thought, well, okay, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And uh, I went to Sears and bought a color television. Because <laughs> I thought, well, if I'm going to rot, <laughs> if I'm going to rot here in, Colts, be in color, baby. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rot in style. <laughs> and I carried it in, got it in the house, and yeah. the phone rang. Oh, my gosh. And wow. it was my, my now friend, Joe Gerald's, <laughs> on the phone. He said, hey, so we'd like you to come up and play the summer cast of uh, Country Music USA. Be wow. our band leader if, if you're interested. And be the band leader. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Uh, Neat. So I I did go. And uh, this is the beginning of... Uh, Another wonderful period yeah. in my life. Is that what uh, that was uh, about? Eighty one, nineteen eighty. I started 80? in uh, May of end of May in nineteen eighty. And uh, how long did your tenure in in uh, Nashville last? My first tenure lasted three months, and then I came <laughs> back because there was nothing for, for them. Nothing else at the park. Oh, beyond that. Okay. Yeah, so, so I, I, you know, Lloyd told me, he said, Jerry, he said, I just don't have anything for you. It's kind of like seasonal thing. Exactly is what it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I came back and, and slid back in to play with Roger. Oh, okay. Got a few of my piano students back. Yeah. And then they called me again the next summer. And then I, then I was there until the park closed in 97. Wow. That's a good 15 years. That's yeah. been around. Yeah. So Lucky. You've met all kind of people and played with all kind of people. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've ran the gamut. 
So, just a lot of different, and, and all the people that I've met that I'm still friends with, and people you know who are not famous, but, but uh, you know, just great folks. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know what it's like to be in the entertainment community, yeah, the songwriting community. Oh yeah, and, and uh, you know, and after I got out of school, high school, I went to Stetson. University to backtrack. Now, where is that? That's in Deland, Florida. Stetson is in Deland. Yeah. I have some family yeah. down on Deland. Which is close to? Daytona. 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 Okay, that's right. That's yeah. where all the folks, yeah, that's where all the kids would go. Yeah. Unless you're <laughs> in the music school. D-Land. Yeah, D-Land. <laughs> uh, so that was, you know, uh, Stetson was a good fit for me, coming from a small town, small but it, uh, music school, but it was accredited. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I got a good, uh, good foundation. And you know, and uh, I was piano major for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then switched over to theory and composition, and continued my trumpet studies. I actually graduated with a trumpet uh, secondary. That was my principal instrument, but uh, you know, it was steeped in the classics and just just good, solid theoretical background. And mm-hmm. of course, I was still doing the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, my four years at Stetson were good and have certainly served me well. Well, as a music major, you you you're covering a lot of theory, and I'm sure that that's where um, most. Musicians get into jazz too. Yeah, through through that. Uh, yeah, well, we music actually program. started. Uh, we started the Stetson University Jazz Ensemble. My senior year, I was actually the founder of that. Oh, the, cool! Our sponsor, Don Yaxley, who was the famous brass teacher. Yeah, my trumpet teacher, but he he was good natured, and so I wrote a bunch of you know Chicago arrangements for. A, you know, we didn't have any sax players or anything. Yeah. It was pretty much like the uh, Rich Cliff top of the... <laughs> it's all brass. Yeah, you know, but we did, we did Chicago and did a few Carpenters tunes. And yeah. Gave me a chance to play the piano out in front of a group yeah. like that and lead them. You know, it was a great experience for on down the road. Uh, for when I did get to Nashville and could do things wow. uh, like that. <laughs> Well, it's all all stepping stones. That's quite a story. Yeah, you look back and you see how this led to that and mm-hmm. how this was handy and, you know. And that's and, from what we were talking about before we started rolling. Keep You keep going and you keep going and stuff, you know. Yeah, you keep falling you keep, forward. Keep pushing. Yeah. Keep falling forward. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what yeah. it's about you get your nose bloodied but you don't quit you back up and mm-hmm. and look around and and uh uh said i was around you know great people for folkestone had a lot of really talented people when i was a kid i went to school it was just one of those things that happened mm-hmm. so i got to play you know for clarinet players and mm-hmm. do all of that and do just any kind of musical experience you could get Something in the water. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I suppose so. And being around all the songwriters, yeah. uh, you know, I've just always enjoyed that too, being mm. in that creative. Even though I'm not a songwriter, I can't write a thing. And uh, not a composer either, but I, I fix other people's stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You add. Well, you, that's, that's why I'm a support it. person. Yeah. This is a, a couple of little sidetrack things uh, from our conversations already. You mentioned uh, Roger Douglas and the Southern Keys. Wasn't uh, uh, wasn't there uh, what's his name Darwin Lee? Didn't he have a band called the Southern I'm, Keys I, as well? I, Darwin was around probably before me. I think it was probably so. That was the same group. I, th- I, prob- yeah. I think okay. so. Even yeah, and I, that was where William Fells played in the Southern I think Keys so, too. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. When we when we first started playing, yeah, that was a group uh, at Opryland that was just mm-hmm. up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing called Hazen. That was the name of the this group. Yeah, and Hazen. I, I was actually subbing that night for them. Yeah, are you on the keys? Yeah, that's me back over there. there and yeah, the... and uh, just killer, killer singers out front, just killer. And that's Larry Beard playing uh, guitar, who heads the Beard Music Group, which has a very successful studio music production now in Nashville. But a wonderful mm-hmm. guitarist and uh, just first-rate singers yeah. out front. You know, I still still know all those people. I still stay in touch with them. That's cool. It's awesome. You know, and, and that was at like a corporate gig. Uh, and now this was in Europe. We uh, Country Music USA took a tour of Europe, and this was our European touring band. Um, and these guys probably from all over different yeah, places, uh, right? I'm on the far right, and that's Tim Watson next to me, who's now called the Fiddle Man, the Great Fiddler. You, he's a <laughs> he's a great guy. Made a great living all yeah. these years. He's his next door neighbor's kid, Rock. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and the, the guy in the very back is the late Wayne White, fantastic drummer. Yeah. Uh, very musical. And then next to him is Tom Boffman, the great steel player, who played for Tracy Lawrence for a long time. Yeah. And then Mark Barnett on the end, who's still very active yeah. as a banjo and classical guitarist. Mm. And that's Chuck Stout. Uh, the late Chuck Stout down mm. uh, on his hands and knees, who was a wonderful bass player. He was he could play slap bass, yeah, like Larry Graham as good yeah. as anybody ever lived. Wow, you know. So we we were the pit band, <laughs> uh, and took a about a month tour of Europe. Uh, great experience. Yeah, uh, I was country music is. Big overseas. Yeah, we, we were over there really for playing for tourists, you know, yeah. and for travel uh, oh, okay. agencies. Yeah, okay. that sort of thing. Traveled with a bunch of uh, had Hawaiians, mm-hmm. you know, with us. Hula had uh, some uh, <laughs> uh, some wonderful uh, Native Americans from Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, and different musicians or dancers. Uh, or? They were dancers. Did the traditional? That's at the uh, American Embassy in Paris, France. Wow. We did a show there, uh, and uh, we got all dressed up so we could meet the ambassador and his wife. Yeah. The ambassador was from Nashville. 
So so he had us out. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, and there we're on the set of Country Music USA. Another uh, edition of our band. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful players, you know. I say they they up there all dropped in my lap. You know? The banjo player's got a sense of humor. He's that's the, he's got uh, <laughs> tennis shoes on. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a great Gary Adams. Gosh, yeah. Gary's so so good. He Everybody teaches. else pointed to cowboy boots. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's Pappy Gene uh, Merritt's on the far right. Gene uh, Merritt. Gene's Pappy Merritt's who's. Gene's, what, 94 now, I think? Oh, man. But he's had a great career since Opryland playing down on Lower Broadway, playing with John England and the Western Swingers. Yeah. Pappy's just recently retired from that. Uh, and this, just great players. Mm-hmm. So everybody keeps me on my toes. I learned so much mm-hmm. from all of them. Well, there she is. Yeah, that's out in Oklahoma. We went out to, I think it's Guthrie, Oklahoma. And uh, Minnie Pearl, this was a TV show. And Gary Morris was on with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Conway, Twitty. And uh, Minnie was so nice. Such a such a uh, wonderful woman. Uh, what did you call her? Minnie? Oh. Minnie. Minnie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, her name's Sarah Cannon. Right, yeah. And uh, she's a very proper Belle Mead mm-hmm. woman, very very well-educated mm-hmm. uh, and a great entertainer. I got to do a lot of live shows with her. Even got to play. She would sing occasionally, and I'd get to play for her. <laughs> She'd do, uh, have I told you lately that I love you? Wow. Da-da-da-da-dee-da-da-da-da. That was just, you know, just do it at the drop of a hat. Neat. Uh, so, yeah, got to. Does she bring any humor to that as well, or she just sang? No, like... it, sometimes at the end of her show, she would sing that to, part of it to the oh, audience wow. just to, you know. She was just so great. And when she'd do conventions, if it wasn't televised, her stuff would sort of get sort of tilted towards the blue side. Oh really? Just just the Neat. little hint of innuendo. Yeah. yeah. And she would just kill. She <laughs> wow. would kill him. The consummate cool. professional. Yeah. You know. Uh, she was so good with the uh, kids. She's a star. Absolutely of the highest order. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there's a whole cast photo of some year, I don't know. Uh but wonderful folks, you know. Stephen mm-hmm. Curtis Chapman came through there. Now I've heard of him, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah, contemporary it's Christian. Contemporary singer, Christian yeah. music. Oh, yeah. And uh, Marty Rowe, the lead singer of Diamond Rio, yeah. came through. Uh, Jimmy Olander, the pull-string guitarist of Diamond Rio, came through. Yeah. He was in my first band. Yeah. And uh, there's Shelley Wright. Has had a great career. Dean Sams, the leader of Lone Star, and, and all, all these other people who are doing passed through, huh? Pardon? They all passed through this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, work with all of them. Yeah. You know, there's Kid Mellons down front, the jukebox junkie. 
And uh, yeah, all those folks came through, got great training there. Now these are dancers and and singers. Yeah, singers most most everybody musicians, you know, bona fide singers, and some of them dance very well. Then we had about two dedicated dancers. But yeah, you you had to be on your toes to to get a gig there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're very rigorous uh, audition process, and I I got to sit in on hundreds of auditions, mm. and, and and was on the panel a few times. Wow. You know, so uh, you can tell in about 30 seconds whether or not they're what you're looking for. Right. They either got it or they don't, right? Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, and, and sometimes people are wonderfully talented. They just weren't what. What, what they needed. Yeah. yeah. What we needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one more name that you mentioned uh, that there's a connection with that uh, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Lige Moore. Yes. And I wanted to ask you how, uh, what kind of connection you have with with this guy? Uh, Lige moved to Folkestone. Okay. When he was about 13 or 14, and I was like 12. Okay. And his family lived there two or three years. You know who this is? I'm trying to remember the name. I know the name. And, and, All right. I'm fixing to And so, you know, Lige loved music, and I loved music. Yeah. So we started hanging out. How about that? And uh, then he, he moved uh, back uh, to Swainsboro with his family. But we stayed. There's your clue, Swainsboro. Yeah, but we stayed in touch <laughs> and uh, played guitars and, and have played together quite a few times. And, yeah. Uh, uh, we're we're lifelong friends. Well, you know? uh, Sean and them been playing a place up there called Bernie's on West Main Street. Okay, and uh, I ended up getting a few gigs there a couple of years ago, and one of them I was up there, and this guy walks up to me. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, he's he came so up to personable. Us. Yeah, yeah. He came up to us. and uh, he's man, I just love what you're doing. Oh yeah. Uh, I, and he had some some history with making somehow. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Anyhow, we I hand off my guitar to him, and he'd sing a few, and this, that, and the other. Ended up that his sister is y'all's biggest fan in St. Simon's, Joanne. What? The yeah. black-haired woman over there that yeah. teaches school. I, I think she's a school teacher. I saw Joanne Friday. Okay. <laughs> so that's <laughs> his sister. That's his sister. Yeah, and, and so he's the one that came up to me and Connor. Yeah, and said that he'd been talking to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew I knew that name. Yeah, Lige is my lifelong friend. I mean, we just that's so cool that we we have these intersecting. Yeah, I, uh, I was in his wedding. That's wow. great. Yeah. yeah, small world. Yeah, and uh, when they had the uh, what's it called, incense and peppermints. Thing they mm-hmm. had yeah. up in Statesboro. Statesboro. Yeah. Uh, the last year they had it, I went in and sat in with his band. Okay. Played some, played his B three. As a matter of you fact. know, uh, but I've known him and Joanne and their uh, other sister Chris. Oh, okay. And I knew his mother and father and grandparents. That and, uh, uh, Statesboro thing uh, was uh, Jimmy Vining in that bunch. Do you remember that name? I don't know if Jimmy came back for that, but I'm okay. sure he originally was. Yeah. All right. That whole I never was actually part of the Statesboro. I think Ross Pete might have been involved in that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and Jerry too, Robertson man. certainly was a part of that. Yeah, yeah. And all those guys. 
Well, y'all, let's take a little short break, uh, folks, and when we come back, we'll get some music going on here. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins gonna find its way. Something in the water taught me how to pray. Welcome back to Something in the Water. As promised, we're going to do a little music for you now with our guest, Jerry Gowan. This is a song that I wrote called Let Me In. Tossing flowers, shooting arrows in the wind Just to make you smile might take a while It's your little grin that I won't win in the end When you're born to lose and you cry the blues Baby, don't drown I'm the guy's for silver, won't you take a trip to higher ground
Now that is how you play the piano. <laughs> All right. Thanks, hey, go pass the guitar over to my old buddy Sean Clark. What you gonna do? Well, we can't have a piano on the show and not play for free a song of mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 I forgot oh. to tell you, this is this does not pay. <laughs> no. now, me and Dave co-wrote a song called For Free that uh, is known as the piano song because its main lyric is the piano came with the house. And uh... <laughs> In the key of D. A fan favorite of Pine Box Dwellers. About four or five people love this Fans song. Fans everywhere. <laughs> Piano came with half it was too big to haul it out It's got some dust, it's out of key Needs a little TLC Think of all the songs we can sing Still up north. Well, just get that old piano tune. My house will be full of music soon. Think of all the good times it'll bring. Songs we could sing 
Hallelujah. Right, man. That was awesome. Beautiful. That's, that's great. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Uh, we got something queued up here for your watching pleasure right now. This is a... Uh, uh, we got to stop. Jerry Gowan doing a uh, a song way back on the Porter Wagner show. Uh, it's a song that you'll recognize. Yeah, playing piano, yeah. Yeah, uh, playing a piano that solo. That ain't me singing. <laughs> no, he's doing a piano solo on this great old song from... Jerry Lee Lewis. Real nervous, honey, but it sure is fun. Come on, babe. You're driving me crazy. Putin is the raging wrecking balls of fire. Yeah, get it. Recognition. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. Did Porter have a nickname? Not that I know of. Yeah. Porter got, was good enough. Yeah, that's it. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> what a guy. Boy, he's talking about somebody that lived life now. You got the recognition from the Porter Wagner. He came there and scared me to death. He he breathed on your shoulder. That's right. (laughs) I've never been the same. (laughs) And by the way, uh, I enjoyed the two songs I got to do with you guys. Oh man, well we uh, we appreciate you. It's always good to work with good songwriters and good people. So. I, the honor is mine. Thank you. Well, the honor Appreciate is ours. I can, uh, I can was, assure you. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> this has been a, a great program, but it ain't over yet, folks. We still want to. <laughs> I want to talk about this uh, fellow right here. This is another one that has a uh, a very strong uh, Graham Parsons connection. Everybody that watches this podcast knows that we're real. <laughs> we're we're real strong on Graham Parsons down here because he was from Waycross. And there he is, Albert Lee, the celebrated uh, British hot-picking guitar player that was in Mm -hmm. Emmylou Harris's hot band at one time. He was was her uh, guitar player. And uh, set this up for us. Where where was this at? That was at... uh a little seminar uh, that Albert played at. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Albert took James Burton's place in Emmylou's Hot Band mm-hmm. also. And uh, uh, I met Albert several times over the years in Nashville. Uh, my good friend Richard Smith, who played with Louise Mandrell, mm-hmm. knew Albert. And also Earl Erb, who was in the... Uh, previous shot of me doing Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. One of the uh, guitar players mm-hmm. met Albert in England when uh, Earl was playing, I think, for Jim Ed Brown. They would go over and tour yeah. England, and Albert was in the country band that yeah. backed up 
everybody. Oh, cool. So I had a few connections with Albert and got to meet him several times. And a sweet guy and a, a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. I, I got I went over to uh, the Ralph Emery show Nashville now one afternoon because I knew Albert was going to be there, and uh, he did Luxury Liner. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, he wrote that right. Uh, did, did he write that? I know he played it a lot. No, that was Graham. That's Graham's. Yeah, that's Graham's. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he he sure no he had a he sure made it his own he, he had his own version yeah of it. Yeah, yeah he did but it on Emmy Lou's records just smoking yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, so anyway Albert played Luxury Liner and at the yeah. rehearsal he just I mean he went for it <laughs> I mean it was crazy stuff it was just brilliant wow. and when he finished the Nashville now band just broke into spontaneous applause <laughs> did yeah. he have a bender did he play the uh, yeah he did he, he, he bender, played it all he had a parsons uh, yeah. white B- string B-bender. bender and he played that you can hear it mostly on say la vie oh yeah you yeah. know and he didn't play it all the time sometimes he would tour and not take it you know mm-hmm. and uh, speaking of benders real quick jimmy olander uh who's the guitarist for diamond rio who's made an art out of playing yeah. double bender as a G and a B mm-hmm. on his and uh, made by Joe Glazer. And I also have one. You oh, do? Wow. And uh, Jimmy and I ordered our guitars at the same time so, from Joe because Jimmy was in my first band at Opryland. Jimmy and, Olander. Yeah, Jimmy wow. Olander is just a first rate acoustic player, flat picker, and a f- fantastic banjo player. Wow. And then he decided he wanted to get into electric. And uh, our friend Mel Deal was a friend of Joe's. And he said, I've got this guy who's making these Bender guitars. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy and I were like, what? (laughs) And so Joe actually brought out an early Bender that he had made out to the theme park. Mm. And Jimmy and I got to try it out. And we both ordered one uh, at the same time. And Jimmy's just made a career. Out of it. With, with the B and the G. One's on the strap. And yeah. Then, and then, and, one, and then uh, one is on most the people, belt. Most people have the benders where you go down. Down. Mm. But ours are the other way. The B is out mm. from the guitar strap, yeah. from the belt loop. Yeah. And the G is down. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, but anyway, just an aside. I wonder if Tony Cason has oh, yeah. one of those doubles. GB. I he, think the, he has one, and uh, he, he, he showed me. I think the one he got he from Jeff Hanna maybe just yeah. has a B on it. Yeah, but I think he originally had a double. Yeah, that that one burned down in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I and saw Tony was, not long ago. We had I played Jeff's yeah guitar. It's uh, <laughs> a great. So anyway, that's just an aside. Uh, but Albert's the cause of all of that. Yeah, we all loved Albert's playing. Uh, so much. So I was just so lucky to run into him from time to time. Well, from one lead to another, uh, there was a, uh, a little girl who was, uh, captured all the hearts of, uh, all of us little boys in the 1950s by the name of Brenda Lee. Yeah. Uh, doing a country music USA, our review show. Uh, we would do a lot of industrial shows. In other words, the Opryland Hotel would buy us to go over and play for conventions. Uh, conventions. Yeah. 
And they would also buy people like Lee Greenwood and Brenda Lee and Ricky Skaggs and people to come over and actually be sort of part of our show or open it. And uh, so I got to work with Brenda. I actually got to conduct for her some and do some arrangements and work with her, which was a thrill mm. since she's in both the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame. But such a sweet woman, too, very unassuming and so easy to work with. Wow. Uh, but that was certainly a highlight uh, of my time in Nashville. I'm very grateful. So you Not had, uh, uh, okay, talking about the women you've worked with or continue to work with, there's uh, this is another crazy, unexplainable thing, but Julie Rose Wild. Yes. As I was going through your pictures, I stumbled across this one, and I said, that's Austin's girl. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anyhow, Austin Smith, uh, the son of my dear, dear friend Bill Smith, who's a, Great guitar player. And both talented and guys. Both talented. Austin, mm -hmm. a wonderfully talented uh, musician. Son of Bill Smith, who I, I've played in several bands with. He's from Waycross, Georgia. A great guitar player. He's uh, living in, making his home in Savannah right now. And that's where, at, at, a, at a gig in Savannah, I happened to meet this young lady right here. And uh, so come find out that you know her too. Yeah, uh, Jerry Robertson, the guy our from Statesboro guy, Folkestone, lifelong Statesboro. friend, called me one day. He said, Jerry, he said, there's this, uh, this woman over in uh, Savannah. He said, I went to college with her. He said, she's very talented. And she wants to come up to Nashville and finish some songs mm -hmm. and so forth. Uh, so she eventually did come up. In fact, Jerry may have come up with her on the first trip. Um. So anyway, I, and I think the first session or two she did, I don't think I played on, but I, I did some of the vocal editing and mastering and mm -hmm. so forth uh, on some songs she did. She's a wonderful songwriter and a wonderful singer. She sings, she, she's a great singer of like gypsy songs and, wow. you know, sort of like a chanteuse yeah. type. Uh, but over the years, um, I know as early as probably 2000. Two, yeah, or if not earlier, she would come over, come to Nashville regularly, and record at Studio Nineteen or Sound Control, some of those places. And uh, so we've become fast friends and have worked together and, and stay in touch. And of course, I got to meet Austin yeah. through her, and I've known Bill for ages. Mm -hmm. So, but she's she's a wonderful, uh, wonderful talent. Great vocal teacher too. I mean, she's she's. Loaded. I never knew that about. I know. I never knew that she was a songwriter. Yeah, good lord. Yeah. she was more of a a vocal coach. No, she's like she's that. a wonderful songwriter. And, yeah, that's uh, great. Also, I got to work uh, in Nashville. Uh, she came to Nashville very young. Uh, with Shelley Wright, uh -huh. and uh, who's a wonderful songwriter. Yeah, and. Uh, had a recording career, still mm -hmm. does. She still works, and uh, but over the years has written some great tunes. Mm -hmm. I and uh, I got to work with uh, Mandy Barnett, who became well known for doing "Always Patsy Cline," the original cast at the Ryman uh, Auditorium. Uh -huh. I met her when she was very young, and got to play some with her. Played in her hometown of Crossville, Tennessee. Yeah. 
And Mandy was just recently inducted into the grand, uh, to become a member of the Grand Old Opry. Well, She's the you newest know her member. mom and daddy's proud. Yeah, what a great she, she can sing anything she wants to. She's <laughs> great. You know, uh, just a, a wonderful singer. Uh, speaking of that Patsy Cline, there's a, a thing in Statesboro. Yeah, uh, with a uh, with Michaelin or Michaelbond. Yep, and yep. Uh, Brandy Harvey, I think, was. Played Patsy Cline she does the in those productions, yeah. and again, my friend uh, Jerry Robertson uh, was band leader for those, and so uh, he said, "Hey, come up one day, so I want you to see." You know, and of course, I'd seen the originals, <clears throat> you know, the rhyming. Mm-hmm. They sat in on rehearsals and seen. Uh, so I went up there, and uh, boy, it was a good show. It's as good as a regional show as you will find. As, and the cast was, and the bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to go to Nashville to find anything. Yeah, that good. So All I mean, right. those guys knocked it out of the park. It looked good from what I saw from what was posted on Facebook. And it was it was just excellent. And they got Eddie Lang to come down and play Steel, I believe, the second year from Nashville. Uh, but anyway, uh, I looked, and and uh, there was a wonderful young fiddle player and uh jerry introduced me to her uh her name was micah bond mm-hmm. who i think was maybe 16 at the time yeah, <laughs> yeah scary that's around the time we met <laughs> yeah but she played you know she played so well and oh, so yeah. uh jerry took me up and introduced me to her and i met her and her parents and uh, and so kind of that was that i just took mm. note that you know that she was good mm-hmm and uh, and then um, it wasn't too long after that. I don't know, six or eight, nine months. I think she was living in Nashville at the time. Or mm-hmm. Had moved to Nashville to pursue right. her career, and so I contacted her. And uh, on one of my trips to Nashville, I met her and her parents up at the Nashville Palace, and uh, got her to sing with John England, my friend, yeah. who was playing there. So John got her up, and they did Jackson, and she just did a great job yeah. uh, of that. So, you know, talked to her then, talked to her parents, and then so forth and so on. And it sort of kept my eye on her, and then when she came back to this area, of course, we, she met a lot of the same people in Nashville that I know, mm-hmm. so it was good to talk about that stuff. And then she came back to this area, and I would go hear her and... and uh, was just blown away by her looping ability to sing and to play, you know, multiple instruments Mm -hmm. and to have her own take of the songs that she did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was very impressed uh, uh, by her and by her native talent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And to this day, somehow I wound up working with her (laughs) and which has just been it's been a real gift uh, to me to find somebody that versatile and because she's interested in all kinds of music you Mm -hmm. know i mean we do jazz uh we do torch songs you know we do tom petty whatever it is she has (laughs) on her mind yeah yeah but that's been a real gift to me to work with somebody of Mm -hmm. that caliber and i consider that just an extension of what I've been doing, and it's been it's been really good for my soul, and it's been good for my piano playing. It's got me out of the house, 
Some people <laughs> who didn't know I was in the area yeah. have heard me. You know, so it's, it's kind of nice at this point uh, yeah. to be able to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of shows with Michael and, and uh, good, man, she's just a talent. And man. such a good songwriter, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and she writes very good prose, mm-hmm. too. She mm-hmm. just she can write a paragraph. She's just an exceptional talent. She's just yeah. uh, one of those that come along, you know, and yeah, so we're, we're uh, uh, all uh, grateful uh, to have her amongst us, really. Yeah, she's yeah, we're, we're fortunate. And, fortunate, and, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, she's uh, unusually gifted because mm-hmm. uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like uh, Vinnie Pearl said, it don't take me long to look at a horseshoe. That's about her brother. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I can size somebody up pretty quickly. <laughs> all the people I've seen. So, so it's great to, to, to at this point in my life uh, to be excited. Yeah. Uh, you know about things. Look forward to, always look forward to our next gig. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, now, uh, I guess, uh, do you have any kind of social media out there that people can? Uh, no, I'm not a see, whole lot. Maybe see I, I'm where not, you're playing. Or I'm anything. not in high not demand. Really. Okay. Um, but these gigs with Macklin, I guess you could you could probably you find follow it. her on follow Facebook, her on Facebook. You know. and she you has could, her musicians page. Yeah, uh, yeah, Micah Bond. And uh, then I normally will parrot yeah. <laughs> what she has. I'll, I'll, I'll post it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But as a rule, I play every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, unless I'm out with her. At and, the uh, Georgia Sea Grill. Yeah, Georgia Sea Grill, St. Simon's Island. Play some dinner music. So make, make mm-hmm. your reservations for the piano room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, and again, I love playing acoustic piano. Mm-hmm. It's what I was raised to do. And, uh, well, okay. you've been you've, so blessed that I still get to do that sort of stuff. You've had an awesome career and awesome life and everything. We're not done yet, folks. If you would, please turn in your uh, Uncle Dave Griffin Tales of the Week, if you have one, to page um, 135, it is. And uh, I'll read to you. Uh, Chapter 23 of Septic Tanks and Tricky Dick. I went to Georgia Southern College straight out of high school in the fall of 1971 because that was my logical next step. I'm thankful my parents had the resources to allow me this privilege, but I was just not ready. That fact proved out big time when my grades came in the December mail. So I started looking for a job. My dear mother was a paraprofessional kindergarten teacher at Memorial Drive Elementary in Waycross, so I considered making a little money as a substitute teacher at my former school. My first and only attempt was stifled by a class of normal second graders. They chewed me up and spit me out in less than two hours. I ran down the hall to Mama's class begging surrender. On July 12th, 1971, President Richard Nixon signed an Emergency Employment Act, which earmarked billions of dollars for the creation of public service jobs at state and local levels. One of those jobs ended up being mine. It was as an environmental technician at the Ware County Health Department, 
same place my daddy worked with a couple of other gentlemen. Now, I don't think either daddy or I relished the idea, but we found solace in that I would spend Monday through Thursday working out of neighboring counties' health offices. Friday was the only day we shared office space. Now, Daddy is a wonderful man, and I love him dearly, but in 1972, he was 44 and I was 18. We had social and ideological differences. Still, we made the best of it. Monday and Tuesday would find me on the road to Folkestone, Georgia, where I worked out of the Charlton County Health Department along with a large county nurse who was your aunt, I Yes, believe. Aunt Merlene Todd. Merlene Todd. Yes, <laughs> wonderful woman. Yes, she what, was. What a character. Yep. And a frail elderly receptionist. I can't remember her name. Oh, but Dean. Yeah. Dean. Dean was her first name. I think name. so, yeah. Yes, it was, Dean. Wednesday and Thursday, I did the same over at Brantley County Health Department in Nahunta. Every morning, I'd point the family Pontiac down US 1 South and dial in the Big Ape, the mighty 690 out of Jacksonville. Music was my life, even if I was doing something else. Conquistador, a song by Procol Harum. Oh, yeah. Small Beginnings by Flash, an English progressive rock group formed by Yes's former guitarist, Peter Banks. Hold Your Head Up by oh, yeah. Argent, named after the original keyboard player of the Zombies, yeah. Rod Argent. And Jackson Brown's classic debut, Dr. Mize. These were just a few of the songs that filled my head with dreams of playing in a band as I sped past the wiregrass and palmettas bordering the Okefenokee Swamp. My boss on the first four days of the week was a flashy, gum-popping, slick-dressing, middle-aged hipster by the name of Vac Hammond. Good Lord. Did you know Vac? Yes. <laughs> I haven't heard that name since then. There. Vaxter, I think, was yeah. his real name. but They called him Vac Hammond. He, he drove a Ford Maverick dressed in flare-leg double knits and combed his wiry redneck hair over his ears for the ladies. <laughs> Vax showed me the ropes, and before long, I was inspecting restaurants and lunchrooms, approving septic tank permits, and taking water samples like a pro. <laughs> I took my job seriously, but it wasn't easy being seen as a young, long-haired government boy coming into a a rural establishment with a clipboard in the hand. Right. <laughs> One such case was a restaurant owner in Nahunta who was negligent in meeting the state health standards. Month after month, I was required to inspect his place, from the kitchen to the tables to the grease trap out back. And month after month, I found roaches in the flour, poorly washed utensils, and grease on the counters. He was graded accordingly and eventually was forced to close the doors till he got it together. Looking back, I'm probably lucky to have made it through with no broke limbs. But back in those days, I was young, impetuous, and unafraid of anything that could possibly go wrong. I could talk shit and deal it right back. After all, I was an environmental technician, and I knew a lot about septic tanks. And shit. <laughs> I never knew you had that job. That was just uh, one, one of many. That was just one week. <laughs> that, was one of, <laughs> that was one of many. 
Well, well folks, we appreciate y'all being with us once again on Something in the Water. We and we want to thank Jerry. our wonderful friend and guest, Jerry Gallon. Well, gentlemen and guys and friends, I appreciate you having me. Come back anytime. Thank you. Sure Absolutely. You got, sure you got many more tales. I'll to be tell. happy to. Yes, sir. We'll see you next time. Hey.